Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Luke Walton Talks Lakers. We're coming to you just after the season opener where the Lakers fell to the Clippers 108-92. to It was a big night. Uh, Lonzo Ball's uh, NBA, uh, you know, first game. I'm here, joined as always post-game by LA's favorite coach, not Doc Rivers, but the man himself, Luke Walton. Coach, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you doing there, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Coach. It was uh, this was a, this was a bit of a rough one for the for the opener. I think uh, a lot of learning moments, but but I guess what's your take? That's what everyone really wants to know. Well, I think the biggest thing is we're still experimenting with lineups here. We're trying to find out what the best orientation of the guys is really going to be moving forward in the season. And obviously, we're missing KCP, so that really hurts. Mm, yes. Reminder, kids, don't drink and drive. So, uh, Coach, could you tell us really the burning question that everyone has after watching this game? And that is, uh, does Doc Rivers draw in his hairline with pencil or with pen? I think it's got to be pen there, Jonathan. I'm going to go with a hard line Sharpie marker. Okay, because that that is that's not of this world. There there's there's something going on there. He's got <laughs> some performance enhancing something going on on top. Well, it's it is Hollywood. <laughs> As every every everyone likes to say that about all of Los Angeles. They're like, oh, coming uh, from the backyard of Hollywood. Well, USC is playing in the Coliseum. It's like, ah, oh, man. Hollywood isn't all of L.A. Yeah, it's true. Especially not Carson, California. Especially not Carson. (laughs) So hopefully people have figured out by now, while we do in fact have Luke Walton on the line, it's maybe a different... I I am a bona fide Luke Walton. He's a bona fide Luke Walton. Just a Luke Walton. He's not the bona fide Luke Walton that we have presented him as, but that will not keep me from referring to him as coach. Uh, for the remainder of this program and future programs. I should post my driver's license for proof. <laughs> Let the people know. Maybe maybe don't do that. Uh, you pair that up with, with whatever whatever data was just breached. And uh, it could be a dangerous combo. <laughs> oh, it's it's all gone, man. Equifax got us all. Let's talk about Lonzo. That's, that's kind of the, the easiest thing to, to break down right now. Obviously, he had a tough matchup with uh, Patrick Beverly, and he was really going at him, it, almost in a comical way. Like, DeAndre Jordan looked over at him and was like, you got to yeah, calm so, down, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, Pat, Patrick Beverly night one is tough because not only, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, first team all defense player going up against uh, Lonzo. Um you know, you also have a guy who's trying to prove to his teammates and to the league that he can step in and, and fill the shoes left by Chris Paul, right? So you've got a you've got a motivated Patrick Beverly going up against just like a bright eyed on a national yes, yes national TV. He acted like it was a playoff game, right? Right, and I mean, I guess maybe you know again, I think he's 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 trying to start off on the right foot. He's trying to show people that he's ready for this, that he can step in. And, oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was just instant drama. Already this game was more fun to watch than most of last season and all of the season before. That's true. I, I thought despite that, I thought that Lonzo actually did some good things. He did. Um, and actually, you know, Pat Pat and I, my, my roommate Pat, uh, and I were talking about it. And really, like, Lonzo's stats don't necessarily matter that much if he's able to get the team to play the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he can be the catalyst for ball movement um, and for selfless basketball, then it almost doesn't matter how he does night to night. Right. And, and I, I think that it, the two are going to go hand in hand. Like 
today we saw some glimpses of really good ball movement, uh, particularly when Lonzo was able to get a rebound, which he he did a very good job of in this game. He got nine nine boards. Like that's that's pretty impressive for a guard. Um, but again, you know the guy thrives in an up-tempo offense and a lot of times it kind of looked like the starters were dragging their heels out there yeah well i mean it's hard to play an up-tempo offense with luel dang uh you know starting on the floor he needs he needs to be surrounded by shooters and so that was one of my biggest problems with tonight's game was i i would have liked to see lonzo out there with some guys that were having the hot hand like if he was able to get some reps where he had you know clarkson and kuzma and maybe randall like now you know now i'm talking like we've got a big lineup where a bunch of people are really you know, offensively minded. We were going to lose the game anyway. Let's, let's let the defense slide at some point and be able to at least see right. what the offense can, can do. Yeah. I was thinking tonight we, again, like KCP wasn't playing. So, so there's that, but last season there were some of these games that we were, we were in or we would lose or sometimes even win uh, but it was basically just on the backs of Lou Williams and or Nick Young just like shooting us into those games, right? Like we'd be down 15 and one of those guys would just start jacking up threes. And before you know it, like they close the gap and make it a little bit interesting. And, and what I realized tonight is that um, we we don't have a player who's comfortable really serving serving that that need and like playing in that role. Um, and I, I there were times where I wished Jordan Clarkson would be a little more willing to move and just hit spot up threes rather than like stop the ball, try to drive and end up shooting a long two that he missed most of the time. That's what that's why I don't think that Clarkson should be playing like Lou Williams. You know, Lou Williams has that magical ability to drift, you know, fifteen feet in midair yes. and still knock down the shot. Clarkson doesn't have nearly the you, you notice he really squares up his shoulders when he's shooting. He really needs to have that balance. And so I think he works better off ball rather than on ball. That uh, I think it was the end of the first quarter where Clarkson cleared everyone out and left th- uh, six seconds for himself on the on the shot clock and tried to make the buzzer beater and just failed miserably. But it, that's not kind of the kind of player that he is or what the kind of offense that the team should be playing. Yeah, I agree. And I think him him being willing to hit some some spot up threes, right? So like have like run some off ball screens, get the ball in the corner, shoot the three. If he can start to build up that that game and that reputation, it's going to make his cutting more effective as well because you see right now that he just the defenders know he's going to cut. Like they know that that's what he wants to do. He wants to slash. And so he ends up like being able to get a couple steps inside of the three-point line and then he's forced to to put up a kind of ill-advised uh on the move. Too. I, I just think his he's so fast and unfortunately I don't know if his decision making keeps up with his speed at times. Well, that's that's why I want to see more of him and Lonzo because I like I legitimately think that Clarkson is one is going to be one of the fastest guys on the court in most games that he plays. So if he can be out there and not have to be the one that's making the primary decisions, just come off the bench as just a pure scorer. Like, like, and I think that this is how the lineup is kind of built. I think it's, you know, even KCP is a streaky shooter. And so if, if KCP is having a tough time uh, on the offensive end, then we're able to, you know, insert Clarkson and hopefully he'll be able to do it without being such a dominant on ball guy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There were, there were some moments, uh, there was like one series in particular um, with with Bogut and Clarkson, and actually, I really liked Bogut tonight. I, you know, obviously he didn't play at all in the preseason, but I thought he contributed in a in a good way. And there's these awesome Bogut plays 
that they used to run in Golden State, and I, I, I saw some like semblances of it tonight, where they they get him the ball like at the top of the key, um, or like pr- pretty far away from the basket, somewhere, like pretty far away from the basket, and he basically holds onto it, and someone cuts behind him, and he just sticks out his ass as the defender passes behind him, and he knocks the defender off really nicely, and then can basically just kind of hand the ball to the guard that cut behind him, and half the time the guard has an open shot if they don't like he usually cuts to the rim and they can hit him for a quick pass so you you saw that motion starting to set up a bunch but there was one like sequence in particular where he tried to do that and Clarkson just didn't follow Clarkson just stood behind him and you could see Bogut like kind of look look for where Clarkson should have been start to pass and then kind of reeled the pass back in gave it away and then uh, I think it was Ingram got the ball again. Looked for Clarkson to have cut. Clarkson wasn't. He was still just floating in the same spot in the backcourt. They ended up giving it to Clarkson as time expired, and he hit a three. But it, like it was it, like it, it, you know, and he celebrated. He hit the three, but like what he didn't realize is that like he messed up the play twice prior to to hitting that shot. I, I felt like Ingram was put in that situation quite a bit. Those like deep shot clock situations where guys just aren't cutting and moving. And he's forced. Like, look at his field goal percentage. And I, I mean, obviously he wasn't he wasn't feeling his shot tonight. And there were there were quite a few open looks that he totally missed too. Uh, but I, I felt bad for the guy because you know everybody's looking at him like be that number one, number two scorer, and um, he's not quite ready for it. I, I think he will be. Um, the guy's extraordinarily hardworking, and he's still really young. I mean, people forget that he's only two months older than Alonzo. Yeah, and he you saw, I mean, uh, Chris Weber mentioned it in the, the telecast. Like, you saw him kind of getting in, into a rhythm at the end. Definitely. He had a few um, great plays. And he pushed, I, I, I loved it. There was a there was a there definitely an offensive foul that didn't get called because it was Ingram shoving Blake Griffin out of the way with his forearm <laughs> and Blake Griffin like kind of flopped a little bit and went backwards but the ref's not going to call it because they're like you know Ingram can't possibly do that right I, but I do think that he's he's stronger than he looks um, but obviously he can't contend yet with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin under the basket no no but he's trying he's trying and, and, he, and he had a few moments where he really did so there's definitely potential uh, but our our team is just not really made it's a hard matchup against the Clippers. Yeah, well, I think the the thing that stands out to me for for Ingram that I liked mm-hmm. is that he was six of seven for for uh, on free throws. So he he actually had mm-hmm. more free throws than any other player on the court for for both teams. Um, and I think that that's going to be a really important thing for him as as we expect him to be a scorer is to get to the line. Yeah. And so I was happy to see that because I no basically aside from him. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Lopez got to the line five times, which is great. We haven't mentioned it, but but I thought Brooke Lopez looked great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always been great, but it was awesome to kind of see him if on he our would team. Have just, if he would have just knocked down some more shots. It, he, he, had a, he had quite a few open looks that if he would have just hit, it would have been an amazing yes. game for him, and we might have actually been in this one. I mean, he, he shot 19 times, so he had a pretty um, large you know, shot, shot amount. Uh, it was Clarkson and Lopez and Ingram that really kind of dominated the ball. But can we, can we talk real quick about Julius Randall's shooting form? Yeah. What do you, what do you have to say about it? What's going on? I mean, I understand that this is his sophomore year. Yeah. Basically. But, uh, you know, he's, he's been, he's been in the, in the league properly for three years and it still looks like 
like he's nervous to pull up. And like even Nance's form has improved. It's still not great, but he's getting better. But Randall still looks like he's he's the same guy. Like sometimes I'll see a three pointer come from him, and it'll just look like like a <laughs> Dwight Howard or somebody's out there. I does I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I think he is still nervous. I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, maybe. But honestly, like he he had a rough night. Um, he did. Like he, I mean, like the advanced stats for this game are terrible for him. Um, but I mean he. What it comes down to is like he's still just a bad defender. Like whatever he does in the other side of the court, I don't even care anymore. Um, he's a he's a bad defender. Period. Yeah, the uh, the, the team defense looked pretty good, <laughs> pretty much up until he came in. Yeah, and again with him, like he he is a guy. Like if if he's not going to be able to be a three point shooter, mm-hmm. then he needs to get to the line. Like mm-hmm. he he's not a great finisher at the rim, so he has to be able to draw contact and get to the rim because like that's uh, i don't know i just i i know that that's not a fun style of basketball to watch uh-huh. um but he's mind. so strong that he can force he can force guys to get into foul trouble right like he he's big enough and he can barrel down the lane um and again he, he had two free throw attempts tonight right like that's that's not enough for and me. at least one offensive foul and yeah so he's he's got to at least get more fouls <laughs> against him than he gives out offensively <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think at a minimum that that should be the expectation. Um, so I guess uh, I have a few questions. Sure. What what like what surprised you most in this game, good or bad? Like, what's the thing that that you're just like, whoa, okay? I, I actually I actually really appreciated uh, how collected Lonzo was in the face of what Beverly was giving to him. I feel like if you had that kind of matchup against somebody like a De'Aaron Fox, I don't think they would have been ha- able to handle it. I think they would have gotten a little too passionate and might have made a spectacular play or two, but like would have lost the team, the game or something <laughs> like something. Yep. Um, like, would have been would have met the passion with too much passion and not been able to be professional and rise to NBA level of play. But I, I think that Lonzo did, and he had a few moments where it was usually rebounding. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't mind if, if your shot's not falling, if the team's not moving well enough, he's at least affecting the game in some way. And he had some rebounds like over Deandre Jordan. So as a, as a rookie and, and, and he had a few heads up, uh, plays and, uh, I, I appreciated the fact that he, he kept his calm, even though, you know, it's your your first game in the NBA and you've got this guy playing you like it's game seven of the Western conference finals. Yeah. It's, it's funny to compare him to, uh, to like D'Angelo Russell, to be honest, Uh because like, you know, obviously like, you know, it's hard to compare him at this point because D'Angelo has been in the league for a couple of years, but, uh, like D'Angelo likes to talk, right? He, he, he likes to talk about how good he is and he likes to talk about how much potential he has. Um, and you know we like to bark back, and you know we'll, we'll never forget the the ice in my veins thing. Um, and I I it, it's nice to see a guy that's like, no, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it right. Like I'm not gonna bark about it or talk about it. Like I realize I'm a rookie. I realize I'm a target. Mm-hmm. Like 
I'm just going to put my head down and keep going. Yeah, and he looked like he's like, well, fine, I'll burn you on the defensive end, which he did several times. There was one play, too, where he, he didn't even get his hands up because he was daring Beverly to shoot from three, and Beverly missed it completely, air ball. And then the, <laughs> the best part, though, is TNT replayed the air ball as a highlight going into the commercial break. So you just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was great. You text. I remember you texted me when that happened. So that was that was my biggest surprise. Yeah, I think was that they showed the air ball. Right. Um, I uh, I think for me, two two things stood out. One was just was was Brook Lopez. I mean, I I've always known that he is a really good player, um, but it's I mean we haven't had like quality play from the center position. Um, in in years uh and so both ends of the court he played some great defense today too yeah and so tonight like seeing brooke and also seeing bogut um it was it was really nice like it was it was a nice reminder of what a good center can do for you right and and both like you said on both sides both defensively and offensively um i mean bogut's still a, a really good passer as well as being a great defender um and i you know i hope that that with kind of, uh, you know, he and Lonzo and 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 your doppelganger coach Luke, uh, kind of preaching ball movement and and being able to do it, um, I think he's gonna be a really good influence because that's one thing I was thinking is like, if you know, for like for Clarkson and for Randall, like, like they've never actually played on a team that moves fluidly and that is selfless and shares the ball like they just have they've never played that way so they don't have the experience to go back to right so i think it helps to actually like have someone on the team who has done that and who's been a part of that successfully mm. right and who can actually show them um it's, it's hard to just like create this this thing in space for those guys right. but the other thing i wanted to mention is just like i thought that larry nance jr was pretty impressive i know that he got beat up by blake a lot um he got yeah on defense, he, he did his best. Yeah, and that's all you can expect. And also, like, it's tough when, like, his backcourt mate is Brandon Ingram, who, mm-hmm. right. like, just if you're doubling with Larry Nance and Brandon Ingram, like, it doesn't really help. The, the, it's not like a successful double team, right? Um, yeah, I mean, at least he didn't drop 40. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I thought I thought he was going to after that first half. I was like, uh. But with all that said, uh, Nance was the only player with a positive plus minus, aside from Tyler Ennis, which I don't count. Um, Larry Nance Jr. was plus three. Uh, He scored 14 points. He had 12 rebounds. So he had a double-double tonight. Nice. And he led the team in minutes. Opposed to, like, Julius Randle, who was minus 25. Make no question about it. Uh, Larry Nance is a way better matchup against... Blake Griffin than Julius Randle <laughs> or, or any other I mean like, and I wouldn't I wouldn't dare put Kuzma out there yet no but I think Kuzma eventually will but I think he will be I think Kuzma has the potential to be really big I think he might end up being a big like three four combo um, that would be able to handle those kind of assignments because I, I don't know Nance Nance is super athletic but I don't know if he's got that big enough of a frame to contend with uh, like a LeBron or a Blake Griffin that are going to bully him. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, also, Blake was like, he like, when he backs down, he kind of like throws his elbow out. He does. He's pretty dirty. The whole, okay, the Clippers kind of feel like the Celtics now. Mm. It, like Doc Rivers led Celtics in terms of just the way I hate them. Like they, <laughs> they the, the oh, way well, they Apparently plays. in the way the whole league hates them. <laughs> You're right. 
Even with Chris Paul leaving, apparently the rumors are the whole league still hates the Clippers. They just seem annoying to play. <laughs> like they're 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 doing yeah. all the all the like the yelling like when you're taking the shot and uh, I don't know just the like, yeah. kind of dirty step under you stuff, the like chucking the elbow. Just I don't know. Um, they I, it just it just leads me to associate the Celtics with the Clippers, which I'm totally happy to do because I can't wait to be better than them. We're not there yet. Yeah, I mean, it oh, also be sweet. it also like I mean, it fits the the Doc Rivers decision tree theory. Right, he's basically just rebuilding his his former team. Well, that, that's the only thing he knows. That's the only way he's ever been able to win. That's true. That's true. If only he could rehire Tom Thibodeau and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. So can we just like take a moment to celebrate the Swag Time Warriors? Oh, yeah, Swag Time Warriors is a match made in heaven. And it's going to, I think it's going to screw up the team a little bit too, uh, just in terms of shot distribution. <laughs> I don't think they're ready for just how many times Nick Young is going to shoot the ball. And he's going to have crazy numbers this year. Yeah. Good for the guy. Yeah, they said he's going to um, make so much money. He had a quote where they're like, How, How's it been since joining the Warriors? And I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like, Yeah. Uh, Coach Kerr literally told me to shoot as much as I want. No coach has ever told me to do that before. And I like, I you know, Coach Kerr obviously has has proved himself as a, a you know as a great coach in this league so far, um, but like you said, I don't think he knows what he's in store for. I don't think he understands the the cojones no, he, you of Nick Young and his willingness to just jack up whatever he feels like. Yeah, he's watering the gremlins like he's he's getting ready for. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know the monster he's gonna create but no that said nick is gonna kill it like he's gonna be great but just in terms of ball movement and team chemistry it's gonna be a different animal when he's on the court yeah i really hope I, I, nothing would make me happier than him replacing uh andre Godala in their death lineup oh my god because it would be so funny oh it's, it's just gonna be so funny this whole year just seeing, just picturing him inserted into the finals last year against LeBron, it's just that's it's hilarious <laughs> to see that. I, I I can't wait. How many games before he steals a pass from Steph Curry and and jacks up a jacks up a three that was intended for Steph Curry? Well, here's here's what I think is going to happen. I think that he's going to get a lot of uh like bench minutes to try to you know get like the 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 lead like secure grow it a little bit and then eventually he's going to be so successful at that that he's going to start to play like a little bit of like jumping in with the starters every once in a while when you need to like uh, come back or something like that yeah or someone's down with an injury or resting a game or something that'll be his moment right when he's at his highest high of like hype will be when he's going to jack a pass and then miss it like, like and way away in celebration. Away. <laughs> right, no, don't even look back. <laughs> I love Oh, man, that's going to be fun to watch. I've loved him ever um, since I watched on Backstage Lakers. He was going uh, to the Great Wall of China and have a little ride where you can ride on the little toboggan all the way down. And you have this little personal <laughs> toboggan wagon thing. I, I don't know. So he gets in his little wagon and he's going to ride down kind of like a bobsled. And um, he's taking a selfie video of the entire thing. They just put this on TV. And the dude is riding down in China and he goes off the track and he's like, I'm crashing, y'all. I crashed my wagon. So you see this bumpy camera footage of Nick Young falling off the Great Wall of China. Uh, That's awesome. If he would have gotten injured, that would have 
put into contention for greatest Laker injury, which to me is Sasha Vujicic, who got hurt uh, with a log throwing festival. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, the machine. Um, so what is this Dwight Howard story that you want to tell me about? Uh, okay, so in ESPN, they ran a What Happened to Superman article, um, which was really fascinating, just looking at uh, uh, just Howard's take on his whole saga um, and dramatic fall from being a top five player to possibly not even a top 100 player, um, which I, I think that's undervalued. But still, like he's, he's clearly he's not the same person. And he talks in here about how he he bought a farm and that's really just all he wants to do now is just go hang out on his farm <laughs> he loves it there he loves his his uh donkeys because they keep the wolves away and he thinks about what crops he wants to plant like daydreams about his squash okra tomatoes figs eggs eggplant cantaloupe we got we got dwight the I farmer i think we've I think that we have really like caused some serious mental scarring. I will respond to you the same way that Kuzma responded to Lonzo for making fun of his headband. Let me do me, man. <laughs> Let Farmer Superman do Farmer Superman. Farmer's gonna farm, man. <laughs> so thanks everybody for joining us for Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm joined with Jonathan Gilly, who has been helping us out. And uh, next up, we'll, we'll be looking at some more uh, Lakers and league talk and uh, some more conspiracy theories as to where the league and the Lakers could end up because it's always fun to think about. And if we just throw them all out there, it's like buckshot. Maybe one will land and we'll be able to feel like we're Svengali. Yep. You never know. Well, have, have a good night, John. It's, it was great talking to you. Great, great, great.